Hi, and welcome to the Resi Rap Podcast. I am your host, Nick Minarsik, joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Mike Gonzalez and Max Logan. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I am doing just fine. I just got that pre-order for the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Are you talking about the 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 what is it? The, the Steam Pro now? The <laughs> the Steam Deck? No, surprisingly, uh, I, I wish I actually got that. That would have been probably better. Um, but no, I, I, I just went over to GameStop just a half hour ago to uh, go get that Nintendo Switch OLED model, the new one that's coming around October 8th. And surprisingly, I was a little bit shocked by this. Uh, when I went into line, there were only two consoles that were going to be at that GameStop, and that's it. There was one other person in line, so I somehow managed to get one but the rest of them were online so crazy that they just don't that the store only i mean nintendo's always had an issue with keeping hardware in but although the rest of the product everything apparently gamestop is putting about like 60 percent of their product into online and then 40 percent into the stores and it's going to start changing but yeah i was a little bit shocked that i was only able to get one i was planning on getting one for the family stuff like that but just didn't work out Hmm. saying uh max how you doing i'm doing uh pretty good actually i mean i've been playing a lot of demon souls remake and uh i got i i beat two arch demons today so that's good right on which ones you beat uh, the Dragon God and the Storm King. Okay, so oh, both man. puzzle bosses when we really get down to it. Yeah, pretty much. But both are very memorable bosses, especially the Storm King. I think that's the coolest one, especially in the remake. It looks so Storm. atmospheric. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'll say in my news, I guess, I haven't played much games lately. Been busy. Moved. Um, if we ever post the videos of the first two podcasts, you'll see my background is much different. So... There is that. Uh, Now we've caught up with each other for at least a little bit. Let's get into the topic of the show. So today we decided we want to talk about what our favorite game consoles are. So we're thinking, you know, splitting between, you know, actual consoles and what now may be considered a dead medium because of the Switch, the handheld console. So... With that in mind, I think going in, there are some criteria we want when we're talking about like our favorites, favorite consoles. Because you know a console, it's not just the library. As much as we want it to be just the library, not not so much. Right, Mike? Oh, the UIs are definitely something that I always look into with certain consoles. And I think, to me at least, the worst offender when it comes to a UI will always be the Xbox One. And even the 360 wasn't the greatest, but Xbox One was just all filled with all sorts of promotions. I remember looking at it thinking, what what do I do <laughs> whenever I, I go into it? Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, no, I the Xbox One, I, I never had an Xbox One, so I don't really have a full understanding of how its UI worked. Uh, I The only Xbox I ever owned was the 360, which I think actually, once it got its updates, had a pretty solid UI there. We talk about the before times for the 360. The early 360 days has the blades, which apparently I never had one with the blades, but they were super slow. We're talking really lag on the menu, kind of slow. Yikes. Wow. Uh, (laughs) And I remember on the 360, sometimes, especially as it got older, I'd hit the Xbox button to bring up that home menu. 
it'd take a minute. It was like struggling to even pull that up. But, you know, thankfully, console UIs have progressed very far since then. Well, mm-hmm. in some ways, I'm not actually a big fan of the PS5 UI, but that's a different topic. Yeah, yeah that, that's a whole other controversial topic type of uh, topic. <laughs> But, Either um, way, going into like criteria and stuff before we really start talking about our favorite consoles. The UI is important. Library is important. The controller is important. There's also a lot of aesthetic things with the console. You pick this thing up and you know it's going to be sitting in your living room or your room for the next seven to eight years, depending on how long this life cycle is. It needs to look good. Yeah. And uh, I think there's plenty of consoles that have failed that mark. Yeah, there's a- I remember when I first saw the PS5 in person. So Mike got it like way before I did. Mm-hmm. He brought it up to the dorm because uh, in the second semester when he had it, we were living uh, separately. But when he brought it up to the dorm, I was like, it's it's like gigantic. Yeah, no one prepared me for how big this thing was. Trying to set it up in my entertainment center was a pain because it was too, like I could try and do the long way, right? But it was too tall, even long ways to fit in the slot. So it now has to, like, I have to shift the TV over from the center of the entertainment center and it stands up right next to the TV and it just barely has enough room as is. Right. It's a nightmare and a half just to keep with you, let alone just play it and try doing all that stuff. There have been too many points where I thought, okay, this thing's going to like fall something like that because of how big it is. Yeah, it's huge. And it doesn't like, I hold on to it. It's about as big as my body. And I'm like, I don't, I used to love when consoles were small and I could actually just take them with me. I remember when I was a kid, I would, I had a PS2 Slim. I would take that in a grocery bag with all its components and the controllers and whatever games I was going to play over to like my grandparents if I was staying there for a while or to my friends. And we just were able to hook it up and go and play. Like like this thing was so small and so portable. I guess. I guess stronger hardware does require... It does require more space and like I get it, but also at the same time, so like, man, I just just miss that portability, despite the fact that I wouldn't go anywhere anymore. I have my own place. I wouldn't need to take a console with me anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) So how about we start getting into some of our favorite consoles, home consoles. Let's start with that. Home consoles. I love that idea, Mike. Thank you. Uh, Who would like to go first then? I think, Mike, you have uh, some top-notch choices well i uh i originally was actually planning to do the gamecube at first i it's always my go-to just because it's one of the first ones but after thinking about it for a bit i think the favorite console and most unique one would have to go to the wii and there there's a lot of reasoning behind that after thinking about it so much um, and it really comes back to the uh, the new remaster for Skyward Sword, Z- Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Um, I'm getting excited for it, but there have been a few things I've been seeing for reviews where it hasn't had the greatest uh, reception when it comes to controls, because it was originally meant for that Wii Remote. Yeah, specifically and- the Wii Motion Plus the Wii Which... Motion Plus. Yes, exactly. It's it's something else. And to me, I, I, I've been thinking about it, and it's one of the few consoles that has such a hard time actually emulating their games without totally remapping everything. It's a pain in the butt 
for anybody to try and port those games specifically because they were meant for these, you know, motion control controllers, the Wii Remote. Um, and to have it with the Switch, with the, the Skyward Sword, I started to realize it's one of the few consoles that I don't think you can really just port at yeah. all. I think we noticed that earlier, uh, well, I guess last year with the uh, in September when the Mario collection came out and Galaxy was ported. And I think Galaxy actually suffered a lot from the port. Like, it was great to be able to jump to those first couple levels again, but I never wanted to go past that because I had to, like, the controller was the pointer then, and I was playing with a pro controller, and it just mm-hmm. felt wrong. It, it felt so wrong. Yeah, it just didn't feel right at all. And Mario Galaxy is one of my favorite Mario games for context. Now, even I couldn't feel the drive to push through it. Or you get even to the Wii U. Um, this is, I guess, a side topic. But with games like uh, Toad's Treasure Tracker, when that got ported to Switch, that also had the same thing where it got the little dongle or pointer in the center of the screen, and it never left the screen. Mm-hmm. Because it was a game that was made with like the Wii controller in mind. Or the... At least the gamepad. Or the gamepad, like too. Yeah. There, there's a lot to it where I just, I, I look at the Wii, and it's such a great console because it does have that backwards compatibility for the GameCube. It has the GameCube ports, and not to mention, when you had the Wii Shop channel, they had boatloads. It, I just want to mention, the music is fantastic for, like, the Me Plaza, the Wii Shop channel. The Wii Shop channel had all sorts of emulation when it came to the N64, the the NES, the SNES, even some of the Sega's consoles. There was a lot of just multiple different variations alongside some of those old, uh, well, now old, the, the WiiWare stuff, where it just be new applications that you could download there. And it, it just made it really awesome. Basically, it was just this hub for all the old Nintendo games, and because of that, it's kind of just one of those gems that you always want to have by your side because, I mean, what else are you going to do? You yeah, know, and you, you got to get those NES games. You got to get those SNES games. Exactly. And like with the death of the Wii Shop channel, you, or like, yeah, the Wii Store, basically, that all that, you lost basically the entire, like a majority of the Nintendo Classic Library for easy access obviously you know there's emulation on pc and stuff like that um it, it, it's kind it, of illegal it's technically illegal i don't know anyone who doesn't do it for the, for the record <laughs> uh for the record uh we don't we, we don't condone emulation because i i don't want the nintendo ninjas to destroy us but no that's fair i guess the official stance is we don't condone emulation mm. One last thing I just wanted to add it to my end with the Wii is that there were a lot of ports of old games that actually made me love the games even more. This was one of the few consoles that actually made ports that that benefited those games. And I'm talking about Resident Evil 4. I oh, yeah. have never really been a big fan of the controls when it comes to just using a gamepad, but when when you have the uh when when you have the Wii remote, you can do the headshots really easily. It just felt like a game that used the Wii remote like it was actually meant for that console. And then I'm looking at also like the Metroid series, the Metroid Prime series specifically. I can't go back to the GameCube games anymore because I played the, the Wii one so much. They feel so much better. It just, again, feels like 
the Wii remote was meant for that series. And for yeah. them to be on GameCube, it just doesn't feel right whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. The Wii definitely like benefited certain games in a weird way. I think my my first experience with Call of Duty ever, period, was the Modern Warfare port for the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> where you seriously held the controller up and you had to do all the turning and stuff and that was how you aimed but honestly it wasn't a suit like from what my memory says uh, maybe i go back read some reviews people are like oh that was an awful control scheme it never worked right half the time but i i liked it i think it worked mm-hmm. <sighs> either way uh max do you have a console you'd like to bring up hmm uh you know i've been like debating internally between uh the ps2 because that was my first console and i have a lot of memories of that or uh what was it i was thinking that or the wii but you know since we already talked about the wii i guess i'll stick with the ps2 uh so one of the real the coolest things about it is that it it can be so many different things Mm -hmm. uh for example, I used we used to watch it to do it. We used to use it. Sorry, uh, we used to use it to watch movies. Uh, it can like play music. It can do all this kind of stuff. Uh, it introduced me to a lot of really like good franchises that are still uh, stuck in my memories, like um, Jack and Daxter and. Sly Cooper in particular, those are two of my favorites. Yeah. Still wish that they would make another Sly, Sly Cooper game after that cliffhanger at the end of the fourth one, but I digress. If we got the support that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart got, but for Jack and Daxter or Sly Cooper, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. Because <laughs> I want I want to say Sly Cooper. I've never played one of those games. I've wanted to. And I love the colorful cast that they got. They have I, such a neat idea for cast. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I, I would argue they still hold up to this day. I think those games are very good. Yeah, I gotta try them out. I seriously do. Platformers, even if the first one is like the black sheep of the series, which is atypical considering how different it is. And even then, I think the first one's worth a run through. Like, yeah. sure, it's a little bit more, it's a little difficult. I mean, difficult in quotes, because it's not that hard of a game by any stretch. You just have one life, so mistakes are slightly punished. But, but I, at, the same, at the same time, your enemies also die in one hit, so it's like... Yeah, exactly. And I think it has a lot of the seeds that make the rest of the franchise so special, I guess, mm-hmm. to those who played it, especially growing up. Right. Um yeah, and when we talk about the PS2, there is we can't say anything bad about that library. I think it's I think that console was getting new games up until about 2014, 2015. 20, I think it was 2014 when like some FIFA game released on it yeah. in Europe. Yeah, and granted, there were sports games, but because they were more popular in uh, countries like Brazil. But the fact mm. that that console was allowed to just continue existing well into well maybe not well into the ps4 life cycle but at the beginning of the ps4 life cycle two generations later that's pretty insane it's pretty that's, insane it's um, also oh, oh, go ahead oh okay uh yeah also it's worth mentioning that the controller is like godlike <laughs> it's uh, it, it's no wonder why they stuck with that design for another generation before switching to the ps4 one 
and even then that one's still called a dual shock that one is yeah. still in that same vein it was it wasn't until the dual sense where they decided let's try something different yeah and even then it's the same layout everything as the ps4 there's nothing too different other than you know the haptic feedback and the 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 trigger feedback as well sony found they had one mistaken controller and it was the ps1's uh controller without the analog sticks but then they added those midway through the ps1 life cycle and suddenly it was the best yeah we just have one of the best controllers ever made right hands down right has anything else to say about the ps2 i mean i uh honestly (laughs) not really uh i mean the startup uh sound is it's iconic yeah the brain. <laughs> yeah no i loved the ps2's like ui honestly because it, it, it came at a point when consoles really didn't have a ui like they did because all consoles have to have a ui of some kind but they didn't I mean, have like, openings they were just like turn it on boom yeah exactly but even then the ps2's was interesting because and I don't remember exactly how it worked, but I think like the towers that you would see as you were loading up like the memory card or something like that would like they would change size depending on like how big a game file was or something like that. It was meant to represent uh, some of the uh, game files you have yeah, yeah, in the console. Right. Uh, and I think I, that was just a neat feature that they didn't need to add in, but they did. Yeah. I also think that we should talk about some of the other features of the PS2 other than, you know, like a uh, controller, just because there were variations in other types of controllers. They had the, the Guitar Hero controller mm-hmm. right there that you could just plug in. There was also, and I, I, I love this one, um, the fact that you could have some of those light uh, uh, sensor guns, stuff like that. Okay. Like there, there's a Time Crisis game that you could just get on the PS2 and they'd have the light guns, almost like the zappers for the NES. And um, I mean, there there is so much to the PS2 that not that many people talk about, but honest to God, I would love to bring back that idea of just getting new controllers that are straight up light sensors for, for old arcade games. I've wanted to get something like that because they, they just... Yeah announced recently a remake for house of the dead and i'm really excited for it but the biggest thing is i want to have those old you know like controllers that they have the arcades there are some with like smgs stuff like that i'm like whoa that'd be crazy to have a plastic smg at home just kind of like shooting it at the tv well what it is is it came at the tail end of like that peripheral era you know how the nes snes and n64 they all had these peripherals they always had these like certain games they were all like yeah no we need to let's mold together this hunk of plastic into something that you can use for the game and the ps2 came at sort of the end of that i remember i had things like the eye toy uh the guitar here controller like you were saying um also like the light gun you were saying too like it had all these peripherals on it that while they were used for very niche games very small amounts of games it was cool to have them even yeah even though it can honestly like you got to be careful with those things because some of them can be just downright bad. Awful. Like I watched one of my uh, favorite streamers. He played Super Mario Brothers with this like weird short like flight stick thing. Oh. You slide the NES controller into. He got legitimate thumb damage from it because of how bad it was. I mean, yeah, especially when you go older and older with the peripherals yeah. and how 
they they just did they weren't ergonomically designed in any major way and yeah. also i just oh, want to add cool. with, yeah. yeah they can be really cool but like with the wii that's where i think that it died i think that the peripheral ideas died with the wii because anything could be put in with the wii remote but they did nothing in terms of actually helping out the gameplay. There was no light sensor guns, nothing like mm -hmm. that. It was just, you got some plastic shell that looked like a gun. You put the Wii remote in and now all of a sudden it's a gun and it just didn't make sense. And now it looks like Max is about to get one out. Yep. Yes, <laughs> yep. that's yep. exactly what I'm looking at. Yeah, it's, a, it's from this old Clone Wars game and uh, I put stickers all over it, so... As a kid, a peripheral comes with stickers. You know you're sticking them all on that yeah. thing. Like, I, I, I don't think any of my original Guitar Hero controllers existed without an inch of sticker somewhere layered into that thing. I'm surprised I didn't break the thing by how many stickers I shoved on it. <laughs> I should try and find my Guitar Heroes because they do have just a bunch of stickers all around them. Mm -hmm. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So uh, is there anything else we want to say about the PS2? I mean, I think we all have just lovingly doted on that thing so much yeah i i, I started the the love of persona on that i i got oh, persona yeah. 3 fes on it and played it for a whole year just hundreds of hours good 100 hours actually just yeah. you know going through grinding and i i loved it i just remember my biggest memory with persona 3 specifically was again i played it for hours but I got to a certain level with the game that was too good where they, they made you go to like to the top of uh, the tower, stuff like that of, yeah. of Tartarus. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then they give you like this little extra secret room that is for like level 90 stuff like that. And be like, Whoa, I got so good that I was able to just take them out at all the time. I was able to get to the end of it every single chance I could. I was like, okay, what's new? Make the final boss the easiest thing ever. I felt so bad Wait, for it. Oh, so that's crazy because I actually struggled a lot with Persona 3 FES when I played it. I played it on PS3 though. Um, because I just had I didn't I like by the time I sold off my PS2 for Halo Reach, which my brain still tells me that might have been a bad deal, but like that was years ago and I don't own either of those things anymore, so it's not worth Ooh. thinking about. I think it was a great deal. But <laughs> that that should be another thing. We should we should talk about regrets that we have with games because I got a few. I've got a few uh, oh. skeletons in the closet. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I guess with that, I'll bring up mine. It was going to be the PS2, but the other runner-up, <laughs> honestly, is probably the PS4. I think the PS4 is excellent. Yeah. I think it has the best UI of any console we've seen the crossbar actually worked in this one unlike in the ps3 where it was really confusing mm -hmm. and just didn't feel right <laughs> yeah you like have to figure out on a grid like you have to have a mental grid to figure out what the thing you're looking for is at and it just and i had a couple downloading games on the ps3 and i'm like i don't actually know where they are like i downloaded <laughs> them I don't know where they went. <laughs> I remember I had a PS3 for a little bit. I was like, oh man, this is just a maze, huh? Oh, it like, is. It's just a, of, a full on maze. Yeah, I have a lot of nostalgic memories for the PS3 just because uh, my neighbor from like across the street back in the day, we used to like play Castle Crashers and oh, yeah. specifically Lost Planet 2 on it a lot. That was fun together. 
I, I gotta ask really quickly does anybody own a ps3 that they're willing to sell no oh, i think yeah. mm, maximus okay yeah. that's for a later conversation then. okay <laughs> i'll say i might need to pick one up because i still have i have i've had the same account psn and i have some downloadable games that can only be available on the ps3 and since they announced that they're not actually shutting down the stores as far as i saw i might still be wrong yeah. on that I've been wanting to get the PS3 lately because I really want to get some of those old PlayStation 1 and 2 games. Oh, it, it would let me play oh. through Metal Gear Solid again. I've wanted yes, to for a long time. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. I want Metal Gear. I want the old Persona games. I want to play through 2 and uh, the Eternal Punishment and then some of the other 2 <laughs> games. Because uh, It's a weird franchise. Uh, when we talk about handhelds, I can get into why that PS3 might actually be your best choice. It might be something else. But I think I know what you're talking about. Talking but let's about the get PS4, because <laughs> I, I do want to mention at least the PS4. I don't want to let it, you know, slide by because it's it's UI cleaned up so much of what was wrong with the PS3s and the game library in the PS4. I think it struggled a little bit in the early days, but then you got hits like Bloodborne and Bloodborne. I it's very close to a, like it's like a nine point eight out of ten if you really really pare it down to that level. Bloodborne honestly opened the floodgates for all the it did. Oh, then yeah, then you get. Yeah, then you get games like God of War, which that's immaculate. <laughs> you get that, uh, God, that is just that's a legend of a game that will always go down in history. I love God of War. Like I've seen the trilogy, haven't played them, but four is just a whole other beast in my opinion. It the trilogy is still good. I don't want to ever trash talk that. Like it's it's a fun beat 'em up, but it doesn't have the level of storytelling and care that uh the I guess the new one hat or the 2018 God of War has in it. Um, the other things I really want to talk about just as just briefly is I think the DualShock or the DualShock 4 is also a pretty good controller. I know it got weird with like, uh, I know like it had weird features that no one took advantage of. Like Infamous Second Son, I remember you could to do like a spray painting mini game, you could turn the controller on its side. So you held it, you know, I don't have a controller to show this, but like you held oh, it. Yeah, you held it more like a spray can, and you could shake yeah. it up, and then you just, like, tilted it forward or hit, like, the trigger or something, and it would That's fill so it in. That's so crazy. What? It's weird. No one took advantage of it. <laughs> but it was something you could do with it. And, like, I don't know. I just – it was also where I started really getting into my – like, I've always loved games, of course, growing up. That was all I was for. But it PS4 was when, as an adult, I decided – no, this is something I want to keep doing for as long as I can because I do truly love what this is offering me right now. Yeah. I'd say that the PlayStation 4 had the library that really did... It, it really did confirm that video games... At For a while, I was thinking, like, I wonder, you know, is this just kind of a kid thing? I don't know. And then PS4, like you said, some of those games, like Ghost of Tsushima, God of War um last of us some of those big games which i know it's a ps3 title but i played it on ps4 i mean it's um basically a ps4 title when it came out in 2012 2013 the ps4 yeah, came was out the next year and something like that launched it basically with a remaster exactly so in a certain way i'm just like you know it has so much storytelling so much character this this is definitely what video games are all about yeah Absolutely. And I think that's a good place to bookend our conversation of consoles. Oh, oh one more thing about one the PS4. Uh, about the library specifically, it has the entire uh, Devil May Cry series and oh. the entire Soulsborne series. 
all on one console. So, Max, one one day we got to sit down and just have a one on one about Devil May Cry because oh, you guys, you guys can do that. I I know you guys are (laughs) going to talk about that to no end. Uh, I also want to talk about themes because themes were some of the best things to come around with PS4. I just wanted to mention that because I loved having all those weird themes. I had there was the ones you'd unlock for platinum in games, even. I never got any like that. What? There were some. I know. I think Bloodborne had one. Bloodborne might have had one. I don't actually remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think Spider-Man oh, might have, but that might have been a pre-order bonus. I, I, man, I wish Doom had one because I that was like the first game I platinum, and I was like, give me something, give me some reward. Nothing. Um, right. I, I love the themes. I especially love like the Persona Five ones because it had all the different little like. Because because you have at the top, you have all those little icons for like friends, party, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they would change with the theme and you'd have the music, you'd have the different uh, icon, uh, me, uh, little like, I don't even know what to call them, like deleting, you know, the, the yeah. little. Like it, all the musical chimes. Yeah. yeah, chimes, that's it, chimes. Oh, that's and it. I do think that's something the PS5 lost. Yeah, I wish they had themes and folders. It's like the Switch. Right. And granted, folders weren't a launch thing for the PS4, which is fair, but folders are also really useful, especially if you share a console with friends. Like, we have multiple profiles on console. It's easy to have folders for our specific games, or like, a folder for like, games I'm currently trying to platinum, games I'm currently, you know, just playing for the story, stuff like that. It feels bad, because I look through my library, I'm like, wow, I haven't played these games in a while. When I have folders, I'm like, oh, okay, like all these games are here and ready. Like I don't feel like I'm neglecting my games. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, to get back to the transition, we've talked yeah. about consoles. We're about halfway through the show, so this is perfect. We can talk about our favorite handhelds. Because up until the Switch came out, handhelds were popular. Yeah. Awesome things. They were so great to have just on the road. And, and the Switch does fill that niche a bit, and now the new Steam Deck, or whatever they're calling it now, also will fill that niche, hopefully, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll I, have to see what Steam does, because they have a record of... Of bad peripherals. Yeah, they don't do super well on console launches, but I'm curious. I mean, I haven't looked at all the details yet, because, I, I guess for the listener, this we're recording this a couple hours after the announcement, and I we both we all have been busy that we haven't looked necessarily at all the details, uh, but it looks interesting and maybe it's going to create competition in the handheld space once again, because currently right now, and I guess honestly for forever, Nintendo has dominated the handheld experience. And they pretty much monopolized it right with the switch. Yeah, they basically <laughs> drove off Sony after they had the Vita, which, which is, it, I, listen, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Sony just <laughs> mishandled the Vita. The Vita was a beautiful creature and they just never did the right thing with it. Let's talk about that. Let's just yeah, really honestly, quickly, why don't we just talk about the Vita really quickly because I know you're going to mention it. Well, it's my favorite handheld. Well, there period. you go. Yeah. Dead stop. Like, that is my favorite handheld I've ever owned is a PS Vita. Because, one, I missed the PSP, so this allowed me to go back to all those games and not have them feel weird. Like, just for context, on the PS3, I was able to play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. I'd missed them on launch. I never, I wasn't, you know, either old enough or into the, that kind of game at the time. But they, the collection also had Peace Walker, which was a PSP exclusive. Uh, and playing that on a console felt wrong. 
the only you know the only thing I've seen about Peace Walker is that there are monster hunter monsters in it. Supposedly, whole, yeah. Like Banana Factory. I don't know what that means. I, I don't either. Probably another Ape Escape type of thing because that's what they do with PS3, <laughs> they, and I loved after it. After all the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was a PSP game that when you put it on a console, and most PSP games suffer from this, it feels empty because the PSP was really good at making like big console games smaller. Like you have games like, uh, yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, which are they're big games in their respect, but they feel weird when you bring them back to a console after they've been on such a small thing. And the Vita was able to fill that space and make those games playable to a newer audience, a.k.a. me. I remember playing like Final Fantasy Dissidia on the Vita. It also had folders, which was great because I could store, that thing was a JRPG machine in my mind and I just shoved all my JRPGs in it. Also played Mortal Kombat 9 on there, and that was actually a really good port of Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah, the Vita was powerful. The Vita was a powerful console. And that's a a crazy thing, because I remember with the Vita, I was considering it, but then I saw that they released, what was it, Borderlands 2. And it didn't work very well on the Vita. No, it was like Outer Worlds on the Switch. It just didn't run well. Which, sure, fair. Borderlands 2 is a big game that you're shoving on a little little thing. and it, But at the same time, the fact that that thing even had a shot at running Borderlands 2 and actually doing it almost, like, up it there, almost did well. <laughs> like, that tells you how powerful that handheld is. Sony put a lot of power in it and then just said, hey, we're not going to actually support this very well. Which is... And that, that that's the biggest problem and now I'm, I'm starting to remember what you mean because i know that they can play the vita can play playstation one and two games right yep. mm-hmm. so well some two games i know i remember playing the like sly coopers on there because they had a vita port of like the hd trilogy or whatever oh well forget it. it i'm gonna get that yeah i need to, <laughs> i need to play some of these classic games yeah the hd i mean the hd remasters for sly in particular were just poorly handled on the ps3 too so yeah so the vita was actually kind of the way to play them because i think that i don't remember having too many issues i think trying to platinum three because i platinum one and two i remember struggling a bit with three but i don't remember if that was due to game design or uh the vita oh, game design definitely the challenge mode is a hurdle <laughs> i don't even it wasn't even the challenge mode i just kept struggling against i think i know as a kid i was able to beat the first boss very easily like the first boss of the actual first world. Right. Yeah. And then I just, I couldn't on the Vita for some reason. I don't oh. know why. I just, my brain just stopped working. Right. I mean, it was because I was trying to play it at like 3 a.m. But <laughs> I that memory way. still stands. It just found, sounds like you guys are uh, trying to persuade me into getting a Vita, like I mean, to no end, or at least a PS3, which I'm it's, already. It's a shame uh, they're out of print because, man, oof. I, one of these days, I do have to just bite the bullet get myself a Vita again and honestly get myself the rest of the Sony consoles because I would like to have all of them at some point right. as like a collection because uh, unbeknownst to me as a kid turns out I was actually just a Sony pony my entire life <laughs> I at one point owned all of their consoles save for the PSP and I just never put two and two together like oh I'm a fan of these I like these a lot <laughs> uh, with Far Cry. I hate to say it but I'm the the Nintendo guy I started off with an SNES and N64 and a GameCube those are what I started on too it's just, then what the hell, man? What? It's just, I, it turns out I just like the library more, man. That's really where it is. <laughs> but if we're talking about, uh, just to bring back and to close out kind of the Vita 
Like the UI I thought was really neat. It was a little weird and like bubbly because that was what they were going for at the time. And like having the screen swipe yeah. be the way you open the console was a bit weird. And also the back touchpad was like, I didn't need that. that I didn't need that. I remember a few games where I, I, it was like an escape room type game. And I was like, oh, this is neat. And then I never realized that there was a back mm-hmm. screen and they needed that just to get through this little gap. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I said, this is lame. And then I just set it down. Yeah. And then I realized years later, I'm like, that's what I needed to do. It just stuck in my mind the entire way through. Like, I needed to do that. Shoot. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Sly had it to where if you tap the back touchpad, I think like on the right is how you like made your ping scan go out. So you could see like what your objectives oh, yeah. are. Yeah but I don't know. Either way, the UI, I think, was neat. It it served its purpose. It wasn't anything super special, but it worked. Served its purpose. The design of the console, I think, is awesome. Like, it is a little heavy, but, I mean, with how much power it's packing and what you're doing with it, it worked for me. And it was, to me, it was no bigger than, like, my 2DS, because I did have a 2DS, the little axe head guy. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. That's just where I'll leave the Vita. I love it. It was serviced poorly, and should have been used better <laughs> so max what would be your favorite uh, handheld well uh in my opinion it would be the direct uh competitor of nick's uh favorite handheld console that'd be the 3ds you bastard you <laughs> absolute bastard <laughs> <laughs> no admittedly the 3ds is a very good console <laughs> yeah, like, for example, I got it back in, like, 2012. I think it was the first console, like, I owned personally. Like, my parents were like, this is yours, not the family's. This this is your console. I was like, cool. And, like, I remember I got, like, Ocarina of Time 3D and Star oh. Fox 64 3D and stuff. I, like, I forgot that the 3DS had so many really good ports of n64 games like Ocarina time 3d was pretty great majora's mask 3d was actually just a straight improvement on the original and it was so pretty good. much every way it was the best way to play majora's mask and i still love it to this day um, it, oh God, i do wish that it kept some of the uh, old like darker atmosphere because it was from you know the it was a result of hardware limitations on the nintendo 64 but still yeah but also, you know, the actually functioning save system is better really useful. Play, so yeah. <laughs> it's really useful. Funny anecdote about specifically, I think it's the uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time 3D. When I had my 2DS, I was playing those games for a good bit. And I'm like, this is fun. And I put it down. And then for some reason, I just never picked up my 2DS again for a really long time. And it got shoved in a drawer. I go back to it, like probably a year, maybe two later. I pull it out, let it charge for a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I never actually beat Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, and I always say Majora's Mask is one of my favorite Zelda games. I'm going to sit down. We're going to beat this game. Yeah. I go to boot it up after letting it charge for a bit, and I, as Link, you know, you're walking around, and suddenly Link stops, and the Ocarina pulls up. And I'm like, that's weird. I didn't tap the Ocarina button, because those games had a dedicated Ocarina yep. uh, button. Yep. I go to close it out. It immediately pops back up. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what the what's going on? And then, like, I switched out games. I can't remember what game I switched it with. And I realized the bottom corner where the ocarina is in the both 3D remakes was broken on my 2DS. Uh, and no. it was constantly pressed down. 
No. And I had no idea know how to fix it. I was like, oh, I already put this thing down for a couple of years before I even picked it back up. Like, clearly, this didn't mean much to me in any major way to figure out a way to fix. So I ultimately ended up just trashing the console. But I was like, damn, that sucks. I really wanted to give those games another shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some reason, those handhelds really did have a way of breaking. Because um, I remember my original 3DS, I had the the light blue, you know, smaller one. Both shoulder buttons broke. Like, oh, I, no. I don't know what happened. I think I remember at some point, like I had it in my pocket and then I bumped it on a table corner, something like that. And it just stopped working. Oh. Um, but yeah, I think also because I would, as a, a like 10 year old kid, I would get those right buttons and just boom, just absolutely yeah. just nailed them. It was really bad. <laughs> um, and then I got the, the 3DS uh, XL and it was this link between worlds edition. So it had like the Triforce on one end and then the, the dark oh, the world dark one. Yeah. The yeah. The dark one. Yeah. It was really neat. Cause it was just gold. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's beautiful. And can we yeah. talk about how good Link Between Worlds is? That game is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I personally so I personally believe it's better than Link's uh, to the past. I think that it is the better version. I like some of it for what it does. I struggle to say it's better just because of the lasting impact that Link okay. to the Past has had on everything, it feels oh. like. Yeah. But I, see, I do see where you can make that argument that it is better. Because it really it is just a direct continuation and improvement upon the original. Uh, I mean, personally, some of my favorite games on the 3DS uh, were, despite how inaccessible it is to left-handed people, uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. You. <laughs> as, a, as a lefty, I feel left out by that game. Not that I ever played it. Not that I, I ever left, wanted to play it. Out, but... I love it. I love Kid Icarus Uprising so much. I remember... I used to play the online multiplayer like yeah. all the time. And it was to the point where there was a, a live event for Kid Icarus that you could do at a GameStop. And I remember going to Canton and just going there, meeting a bunch of people and just playing online with them. Oh. I was saying that's something, the online features of the 3DS were actually really cool. It's, Nintendo's always been bad about online features. And I guess I'm not maybe talking about online so much as I'm talking about Street Pass. Oh yeah, yeah, Street Pass. That was But Street Pass was honestly pretty cool just to like walk around and pass people. I remember playing Pokemon Y um a good bit and I'd be playing like the car or something or going somewhere and I'd pass people and it'd be like, Yeah, trade maybe. <laughs> and then they'd go because obviously it was an evolution of what the Nintendo DS had with the Picto Chat, which I also played maybe way too many hours of as a kid. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh let's see. Some some other ones are I mean, I explained this a few weeks ago, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. That was the first time I'd experienced Xenoblade Chronicles. It's pretty much just the same game, but more crunchy because it's a Wii game crushed onto a 3DS. But uh, I was still, JRPGs are better portable, turns out, because you can. Yeah, yeah. it's easier to just be like, okay, I can grind for like 10 minutes here. Yeah, right. But uh, another one was Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which got me into the series, and I was like, wow this is really cool like i didn't know this game about this hitting big monsters with big weapons it would appeal to me so much but. The, i'll be real that is i think my first monster hunter game i tried it on my 2ds that it was that or monster hunter 3 something i can't remember exactly which one's on 3ds because no. their names are 
Yeah. Honestly, kind of stupid in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but Monster Hunter World was the first one I actually gave a shot, like a true shot. But I did play Monster Hunter on the 2DS. I just didn't care for it at the time. It was a little too, like, I thought it was too big of an experience to be on this handheld, which is ironic huh. considering I think most of the series is handheld. Yeah, most of it. Most. Handheld. Actually, the most popular entries are handheld because of how uh, popular handheld consoles are in Japan in particular. Mm-hmm. And they, like, are gaga over monster hunter yeah i it's one of those series that i've always thought is such a marvel in a way because it probably has the same effect of dragon quest and pokemon over there maybe not as much but those series you know they they're from the the 90s if not you know 80s 70s or no 80s um yeah what am i saying yeah Yeah, 80s 80s pokemon 90s and for Monster Hunter to come out in like 2004, 2005, and still have that big enough of an effect of about 15 years, it's Not, insane. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. I'll say, I just to real quickly touch on the, like the UI and the form factor. Obviously, the form factor of the 3DS was perfect with the, just the clothes, clamshell. Yeah. We all know that stuff's good. Two screens, all that fun stuff. But the UI was honestly pretty good, too. <laughs> like, yeah, having fun. the games, the way they scroll through and all that. Major improvement on what the DS had with its own small, tiny UI that did... And I wouldn't even say the the DS's one was bad for its time. It did yeah. what it needed to. That's exactly. really what it did. I think that, yeah, the, it's an evolved form of the DSi's UI. Yeah, I never played the DSi, so I... I mean, this is when we get into Nintendo dominated the handheld market because they launched 10 versions of the same console consistently. What was it? Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, Game Boy Micro, which why would you make it smaller than the Advance? The Advance is already tiny. (laughs) Actually, you're forgetting about some of the other stuff for Game Boy because they even had like a Game Boy Light and stuff where it actually had a backlight and even like a mini I, I can't remember the title of it, but there was a Game Boy that was just even smaller. I thought that was the micro. No, no, no. For like the black and white or green. Oh, and like black. the original Game Boy? Oh my god. Yeah, they even had like a smaller one. So they keep getting they variations. Do I don't know. Do some that? of these confusion. That's some, why. Some of these are exclusive to Japan, but it is insane to think that they they have so many variations. Even for the DS, it was DS, DS Lite. DSi stuff like that, and then 3DS. It was 3DS, 3DXL, new 3DS, 2DS, yeah, the new 2DS XL. Yeah, like they just Nintendo's always been bad at naming things, anyways. But (laughs) the fact that the 3DS had seven different variations to it is, and I think its life cycle was seven years, right? (laughs) Something like that. Like it wasn't Uh, super long. Uh, It must have been. Up to like 2019, I think. So eight, eight. Yeah, that's like new, that's a new version per every like year, give or take. <laughs> yeah, just that's about. <laughs> that's um, ridiculous. You don't I, need that. <laughs> I also just really want to add that this also had themes that were pretty fun, um, <laughs> which I've wanted for Switch for a long time. But also, I was able to. I was one of the you know first people to get a 3ds. So I got the ambassador program oh, oh, and that included 10 
NES games for free, and then 10 Game Boy Advance games I was able to download on my 3DS that nobody else was able to get, which meant, like, I was able to get Metroid Fusion for the first time on my 3DS. I was able to get the WarioWare game. Uh, what was it? Yoshi's Island. Uh, what was it? F-Zero Maximum Velocity. The first Fire Emblem. That's awesome. Um, oh, my gosh. Even, like, Wario Land 4. There was just so much where I was like, I just got free games because I was just the first one to get it. That's it. And That's nobody... Cool. They never put it on the uh, the eShop, which I always thought, why did they put that on the eShop? Right. It All would right. have sold Buku Bucks. Do we have any closing thoughts on the 3DS before we go to Mike? Because we are running slightly low on time. Yeah. Just slightly. Um, it's amazing. That was going to be my favorite console until oh, this okay. bastard over here sold it. <laughs> he took it. He took it. Oh, that's fair, though. I took the Wii from you. So we're all stealing from each other is what it turns out. Turns out I'm the only one with an original opinion with the Vita or something. I don't know. I'm sorry, but I never got the Vita. I was a Nintendo guy the whole way through. And now I'm looking at like, you know, I kind of want to get Resident Evil 2 original on the PS Vita. Like I would love to get that. The Nemesis game. If it's on there, I don't know if it's on that store. It might be. I'm pretty sure those games are. And if that isn't the case, I'd be shocked because they're fantastic well mike do you have a possible replacement console to talk for our last 10 minutes here i would want to talk about the game boy advance because the game boy advance was something that i absolutely loved and i accidentally lied that was not my first time that i've played fusion on the 3ds i actually got the the cartridge fusion i'm so sorry liar Uh, just don't don't kill me please uh but I, I loved Fusion so much that when I was in Texas to visit some family, I looked up on GameStop.com that just to try and find, I was like, oh my gosh, there's one cartridge. And I found it, I got it, and I played it the whole plane ride back. And I remember that was just, I it, it was a long time since I had gotten a Metroid game that was new. So this was like, full on my favorite one because of how like much of a horror game it was yeah fusion's crazy for what it was trying to do on a handheld they pretty much tried to do a mr x with samus x yeah like and and granted it was you know more like the original re2 where it was scripted but honestly (laughs) it did it better i'd say it it did it it worked so much more to the point of like I, I love the first time because in Fusion, for people who don't know Fusion, Samus loses her suit because of the uh, X parasite. You know, it's infected her body and her suit. So she gets this new one from uh, a baby Metroid, some of the, the DNA from the baby Metroid that she got. And um, basically, because she's infused with that Metroid DNA, she is now uh, basically vulnerable to ice. Because that's what Metroids have. So with Samus X, Samus X was the uh, infected suit that that was gotten rid of that is now taken over, and it had the ice beam. So if you were not immune to ice at that point, you would get frozen, and it would be able to do power bombs or a super missile right at you. It was able to take you out in like two or three hits. Yep. 
genuinely terrifying stuff. It was genuinely terrifying. And that's why I love the Game Boy Advance. It was able to give us some of the best Metroid games because it had Zero Mission 2, which is the best remake of a, a Metroid game, just hands down. So good. Highly recommend it to anybody who wants to play the first Metroid game. But not to mention, it just it had so many SNES games that were able to bring it in there. Like it was yeah. just so many Final Fantasy games got ported originally. Like for the first time so in America, many. that's where we got Final Fantasy V, I believe. That's where we got Final Fantasy yep. uh one and two, or well, two, I guess. Two and three. Yeah. Two I don't think three so, had a Game yeah, Boy two. port. Two. Yeah, it was two. Three's got two. his first port on the DS. One and two were bundled together, right? Yeah, and one six. and two were bundled together. Six also got a, a port to the, the Game that Boy Advance. Many say is the best way to play the game. It's the best way because it doesn't have the crappy translation that the uh, the SNES one had. For some reason, they just decided the Americans won't mind. and They they did a really poor translation for, for a fantastic yeah. game. I mean, there, there's a conversation to be had about all of that early Final Fantasy history up until 7 because it's, it's something. But that's a different conversation even for a different day. Seven because, even into seven, because only one guy translated the whole thing. So yeah, that's true too. Let's <laughs> let's talk about that one. Final Fantasy, I think, is going to be a topic for a whole lot of different episodes. Yeah. Um, it, it, but, it is, I think, it is one of my favorite game series, if not my favorite game series. Period. So <laughs> exactly. So in a way, I just wanted to end it off with. The Game Boy Advance, it just had SNES games and even better looking stuff just ported to this thing or just made for the Game Boy Advance. And to me, it just, it really had some of the best games out there. It got me hooked on WarioWare. I absolutely love the WarioWare series and it started one of my favorite series from Nintendo right next to some of the best Metroids, which is my favorite series of all time from Nintendo. Oh yeah, yeah. The Game Boy. There, there's nothing to be said. That library, while it has a lot of stinkers in it, there was just so many games that came out for the Game Boy, anyways. That you didn't matter. It didn't matter how many bad games there were because you had ten great games to supplant that. Yes, there. It was <laughs> oversaturated with games, but in a good way. Yeah. The the only bad thing, and it's really only about the original Game Boy, the, the Game Boy Advance, is that it wasn't backlit. So playing it in anything that wasn't like a decently lit living room was just the worst thing on the planet <laughs> you always you wanted to get the go ahead but then you have the sp which just fixes that fixes it. exactly i was gonna say either get it on the ds or get those games on an sp either way you're gonna have a blast with some of those uh game boy advance games mm-hmm. all right is there anything else we want to say before we close out i don't think so right. i think that was right it on. oh and that has been our top conversation about our favorite games let us know if any of your favorite games and we will see you all later. Thank you all so much for listening. If you stuck around this long, see y'all later. All right. Later. See ya.